0: Hi, and welcome to Health Trust Clinical Services Candid Conversations. This is a conversation series where we highlight clinicians, physicians, and supply chain leaders who are innovating, caring for those in need, and working to improve human life. Over the next couple of weeks, we'll be interviewing Health Trust Clinical Warriors. Clinical Warriors are those in the front lines of this fight against COVID 19 who have demonstrated sacrifice and courage please visit healthtrustpg.com and send us submissions for clinical warriors you would like to recognize. In this conversation, we talk with Jessica Lyles, Child Life Specialist Director at Methodist Le Bonheur Children's Hospital in Memphis, Tennessee. Jessica's team has found a way to shed what she calls a little bit of light, laughter, and normalcy in a difficult time. Well, welcome Jessica. We're so excited to have you as one of our clinical warriors and understand that you are the Director of Child Life Services. Really, what does that that mean? What is a um, Child Life Specialist?
1: Within our team, we have a variety of different
0: roles, which help to support patients
1: and families while they're in the hospital. And we work to help make the hospital feel as normal as possible. And one of those roles, like you mentioned, is the child life specialist. So certified child life specialists have a background in understanding child development and understanding how the hospital environment and how illness and injury can impact children. And a lot of the work that we do really focuses on helping children cope with the healthcare environment.
0: So tell me about some of the strategies that you would use for um, COVID-19, but for any, any sickness where a child has to go into the hospital.
1: Part of it might look like just understanding what the child knows about being at the hospital. Do they understand why they are here and what is happening around them? Sometimes as adults, we feel like it might be best to guard children and protect them from information, and a result of that is it can actually increase their anxiety and worry, and so we can help with explaining things to children in ways that they can understand, or equipping parents or caregivers with the words that are developmentally appropriate, Um, because, you know, when you have a child, you're not given this handbook that tells you how to navigate all things with children, and that includes coming to the healthcare environment, even if that is just for an outpatient clinic visit or going to the emergency department, or if you have to come for an inpatient stay and stay overnight. Um, We can help with just making sure that children know what's happening and doing it in ways that are child friendly. And then we also can help if there are procedures that are happening. Again, making sure they know about those and understand helping them understand what their role is. So we call it giving them a job and um, that helps them to, to find purpose in, in that situation. And it also helps them to feel a sense of control. Um, I like to think that I'm in control, but it's things like a pandemic that help to remind me that I am not. And so um, children are the same. They want to feel like they're in control of their environment. And so can we find ways that help them feel like they have a sense of control. We may also provide um, distraction or diversion or alternative focus are some of the words that we use and a lot of that really looks like play and that's because that's how children cope, it's what they understand, it's what's normal for them and so through that it might be that during a procedure we might have them blowing bubbles or playing a game on the iPad or Um, playing I spy and picking out images in a bigger picture. And things like that can help keep their attention focused onto something that's more child-friendly and fun and away from the procedure that is happening. And for some children, that is what helps them cope. Another part of what we may do on a normal day is if given the time and space, we might provide opportunities for medical play. And what this is, is we might provide play medical items and so, this would be something that you might find just in a regular play doctor's kit. Or we might provide the actual medical items and allow a child to utilize a stuffed animal or a baby doll or um, maybe just something of their choosing and allow them to take on the role of the nurse or the doctor. And what that does is it helps them again to feel that sense of control, but it al- also allows us to see what they understand about the medical environment and medical procedures and things that are happening. And if there are misconceptions, then we can take that opportunity to provide more education and make sure that they have a clear understanding of why we're taking their blood pressure and why that has to happen. Um, Or if it's about an IV and that they had to have a needle stick Helping them understand about the poke and the steps of that process, and seeing what they do understand and what they don't understand, or maybe seeing what specific part of the process creates anxiety for them.
0: Are children there with their parents in the hospital, or their that guardian? Is,
1: yeah, that is a great question. So we, um, up until a couple of weeks ago, were allowing two caregivers to be at the mm-hmm. bedside, and it had to be two consistent people, and. Um, recently we did have to become a little bit more stringent on that and so it's one consistent caregiver at the bedside and so that has definitely complicated things with families and you know typically there may be more people who want to be at the bedside and be with the patient and um, so that has presented a challenge and um, we are having to rely on technology and which I think is something the whole world is having to rely on to stay connected, Mm -hmm. Um, but using technology to connect with siblings, because siblings are not able to be here, or um, in some instances, we've had in our neonatal ICU, where the patient will come from the birthing hospital, and so the dad or the grandmother is that caregiver that's here, and then once the mother is released from the birthing hospital, then they have to make that decision of who's going to be that consistent caregiver.
0: How can we prepare or how got how are you guys preparing for relaunching services um, for kids that may maybe they don't have COVID, but they're coming in for a regular procedure and how that experience is going to be different moving forward?
1: Um, so this is something that we're really kind of in the beginning phases of talking about. And Um, I was talking to a friend probably, you know, six weeks ago, and she said, you know, it's fascinating for us who work in healthcare, we all know what PPE is, but now the entire world knows what PPE is, whereas before, Mm -hmm. no one would have known what that meant if anyone just said PPE, and, um, you know, for a child seeing someone in a mask and a face shield and gown and gloves, that can seem intimidating, and, um, you know, I would love to say, you know, there may be some ideas of things that we're doing that have originated with my team, or maybe we've seen what other people are doing, and we kind of take our own spin off of it. But I think this has been something where we're all um, learning from each other, and not, not all even just here in Memphis, but, you know, corporately. And, um, you know, some people have taken, like, silly prints of, um, like, a goofy mouth and put that mm-hmm. on the front of their mask. And it's something that's been laminated so they can wipe down between rooms, Um, but that just helps the mask feel a little bit more silly. Or um, something else that's being worked on is, is there a way that we can allow children to see the face behind the mask? And so, um, you know, can we take pictures of individuals and in some way maybe they wear it so that the child is able to connect with the person behind the
0: mask?
1: And um, so I think those are those are some of the ways that, as far as the PPE is concerned, that we're trying to figure out how can we make it feel more normal. Um, I think because it's something that so many people are wearing in some ways, just even out in the community, it is becoming normalized, but still, when you walk into the healthcare environment where you're already nervous about what's gonna happen, um, or just you may just be nervous about the fact that you're having to come into the hospital while all of this is going on. And um, this is another way that we can help normalize that PPE. Piece. And then for um, reinstituting some of our services, one of the things, you know, as you do things, you start to learn and you start to think, oh, we didn't think about that. Maybe we should address this, or maybe we should address that. And, um, and part of it is, you know, for each family trying to assess what the things are that bring them anxiety. And um, with implementing some of our elective surgeries, one of the things that they are talking about is doing testing if it is a non-emergent surgery and so do COVID testing. And so for these children, um, they have asked that Child Life not be in those rooms and that's just to preserve PPE usage. And so how can we support these children who are being tested? Can we provide resources, again, to parents to help them know how to support their child or how to um, explain to their child what is about to happen? Can we provide resources that would be in the room and um, make the space that we're gonna be doing the testing more child-friendly? And so one of my team members mentioned that for our same day surgery patients, as we prepare for elective procedures to come back, um, they have a designated room that's going to be a testing room for COVID. And she's made that the Monsters, Inc. room um, to kind of set it apart and also make it something less scary and something more familiar. Um, It's become that, that kind of designated space. So it is the designated testing space. Um, But hopefully that being kind of a Monsters, Inc. theme room that doesn't feel as um, intimidating as if it were just a sterile testing space.
0: Oh, those are great ideas. And I love the ideas of I think it really does make a difference to see that human behind the mask, even in the adult setting. I think it makes a big difference to see the human behind the mask because we, you know, humans, we just love to connect with people. That's how we connect with people. and it's really difficult whenever everything is hidden besides their eyes. Um, another thing that that I, you had mentioned in an article that I'd read about your program, are you guys providing guidance or what guidance would you give to um, families who the mom, the dad, the grandma, the grandpa, the adult is hospitalized and they can't go see them? What type of guidance do you give families that are in those situations? So
1: we Luvaner is part of a larger healthcare system. We are part of the Methodist Luvaner Healthcare System here in Memphis, and so we do have adult hospitals that we partner with. And we've made ourselves available that if there were needs, that we could send our child life specialists to go to the adult hospitals to provide support. Um, and then we are also kind of finalizing some resources that we can provide to the adult hospitals to help use with um, adults, how do you talk to your children or grandchildren about what's going on? And um, part of that, there's so many great resources that have come out of this season about talking with children about the coronavirus and helping to explain things in child friendly terminology. Again, this goes back to helping to make sure that children understand what's going on around them. I think sometimes in an effort to protect children, we think if we don't talk about it, then maybe they won't know. And for some children, they may need less information and that's appropriate, but for so many children, they really need to know what's going on around them. They need for those conversations to be happening. And um, so I think, know if a parent or a grandparent is in the hospital or maybe even is at home but has tested positive for covid i think just having that conversation and be willing to be brave and um, you know talk with them about what do they know about the coronavirus i think that's always a great place to start with kids is to ask what do they know because um if you are watching the news all the time and they happen to be around then chances are they might know more than we think. And so just figuring out kind of what they understand and using that as a jumping off point and then asking them what their questions are. And so if, you know, if it is mom or dad that's in the hospital or their primary caregiver, you know, what are their concerns? Are, are their concerns, um, you know, are they going to come home or will they miss me? And making sure that you're answering that, or are their concerns bigger? Um, You know, have they heard some of the information through media that might make them think, are they gonna die? And so, if they ask that question, answering that honestly, and just being willing to give them the space to share what their fears are, so it's not something that they're having to keep bottled up inside, I think that's one of the best things that we can do as adults is giving them, giving children that space. To share what they're thinking, share what they're feeling, and just get it out there so that it's known.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny; a lot of the things that you talk about um, are are key for adults, also. You know that I think our adults also are a little anxious about what can I expect when I go to the hospital? Are they going to test me? Are people going to wear masks? Will everyone have a mask? Will I need to wear a mask? You know, they're maybe at a different level, but giving people control um that just must be an innate part of of us as humans uh because it, apparently it's key as a child it's key as an adult um it seems to be a key component with every part of our life but that's what gives us some of that normalcy so a lot of these can be transferred over with adults and children um but definitely specialized for for children your team is um, phenomenal a, a really um, I didn't know a lot about a child life specialist, not ever working in a, in a pediatric unit, but I see how, how wonderful and how important this role is in any procedure, honestly, um, at the hospital. Has your team, had? Um, have they been um, working throughout this COVID pandemic?
1: They have. And um, we have been very fortunate to work for an organization that sees the work that we do and believes in the work that we do and um, has continued to allow us to serve our patients and families. There are some ways that we're having to do that in creative ways. And so, um, you know, just in an effort to try and be mindful of our use of PPE, there may be rooms where instead of going in and meeting the family face to face, that we might call into the room, or um, one of our child life specialists will sometimes use walkie talkies. And um, as the nurse or medical provider goes into the room, um, they will leave the walkie talkie and then she can get to know the patient and the family through that interaction. And um, we, I think that this has been a season where I've really seen my team shine. And as a leader, you were talking about how some of these tools can be used for adults, and I fully agree because, um, you know, saying I don't know. I was recently reading some information from my team asking what do they need for me, and they were like, "I just appreciate that you're being honest and you're saying I don't know. When I have more information, I will, I will tell you." And, um, and I, so I fully agree that some of these techniques that we talk about using with children, while we want to make sure it's developmentally appropriate for children, they also apply for adults, Um, outside, while we are the child life team, we have other roles that are part of our team. And so we have activity coordinators, we have a music therapist, the hospital school teachers within our team, and um, special events coordinators. and um, So these different roles, it's just been really interesting to see how everyone within the work that they do has been able to think outside the box and collaborate the best meet our patient needs. And um, I think that from my perspective, it feels like that has really been noticed um, and that people have come to respect the work that we do in a completely different way. And um, you know, it, it might be that our child life specialists are doing some of these interventions that we're talking about our activity coordinators they are in charge of the programming that happens in the hospital on a day-to-day basis and programming really is just the fun stuff happening around the hospital and so all of our in-person programming has been canceled and we are very fortunate that we have a closed circuit tv channel so we have been able to move all of our not all we've been able to move some of our programming onto this closed circuit TV channel and continue to provide creative arts just in a different way on this TV channel or create new shows that we can do from our TV studio. And um, so that has provided opportunities for us to be creative, try something new. Um, And then our music therapist has been able to collaborate with child life specialists in different ways. I really think this season has kind of caused everybody to slow down and take a step back and look at the why behind what we're doing and figure out how we can do it even better in the midst of this season.
0: If you had one message of hope that you could share across, um, you know, 1,600 hospitals Um for these frontline workers, whether it be child life specialists, physicians, respiratory therapists, supply chain, um, nurses, what would be that message of hope around this pandemic?
1: I I think one thing that I would have to say is that while right now um, it feels like this might last forever, um, this will not last forever and um, you know, we are all sitting in the midst of uncertainty, and I think that it, it brings me a lot of peace and comfort to know that this is, this, is not, um, this is not a forever thing. This is a permanent thing, but it's also something that we, as a nation, as a world, um, are all going through together. And while it might look different for each of us, and we might process it differently, and it might impact us in different ways, still something that we're all going through and I feel like there is that collaboration and unity that comes from that and I think the other thing that I would mention and I don't know if this is about giving hope um, but I think I think doing this might help you find that hope if you're finding yourselves in those moments where maybe it feels hopeless um, which my guess would be that we probably have all had maybe those moments where we have a brief moment, whether it's a second or hours or maybe days where at times things feel hopeless. Um, I would encourage people to just stop and make some time for themselves and um, create space for play. Um, Play for our child life team is really kind of the root of the work that we do, and that's because it's the language that children speak but one of the things that we have learned through this is it's also the language that we as adults speak. And we have um, taken some time where we took like 15 minutes and through Zoom, we played Pictionary and Mad Gabs, And in our separate spaces, we're all laughing together. And I think that that gave us more fuel and more hope to be able to continue to do what we're doing. Last week, we had a virtual jam session with our music therapist. And some of the songs I didn't know or, um, you know, there were some technical difficulties, but the ability to just kind of stop and take a break from what has become our our new normal for right now. And I think being able to make that space for you for what is whatever that might look like and create space for play, even if it is just 10 or 15 minutes or if it's more time um, doing that, because I think it helps give you perspective. And it helps remove us from being so focused on COVID-19 to being able to see the bigger picture and hopefully have perspective about all the amazing things that are coming out of this really challenging thing.
0: Absolutely, Well, will I know you're busy. Um, again, please thank your team and um, reach out. We're here for you guys if you need anything. And we are so excited to share this on our page. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, Crystal, I really appreciate it. Please visit healthtrustpg.com and send us submissions for clinical warriors you would like to recognize.